Hard then gets the puck, sends it to Yudohudo, scores! And the Concordia Stingers win the series. They're moving on to the OUA semifinal. What a goal by their captain. Yeah, it's CJLO Sports with Matthew Coit, and I'm Nicholas DiGiovanni. Yeah, say your name first. Not even a hello. Just straight to the high energy. No, yeah, straight to the high energy. It's Monday, October 1st. This is our third week here. It's voting day in Quebec, but we're going to be talking about more pressing issues such as sports. (laughs) Did you go vote? I I did go vote. You did? I did. What a good citizen. I I did go vote this morning. And uh, so the Concordia Stingers men's football team, uh, way in eight this weekend against the Université de Laval Rouge et Or. Did I say that right? You did. In a good... Uh, it was pretty good. It was a good uh, French accent. We'll work good, on it. We'll get you there. I know. We do have to work on it. They lost 53-2 to in the uh, Shrine Bowl, 32nd annual Shrine Bowl uh, at the Concordia Stadium. And William Power, you were there to cover it. What what did you see out of the Stingers? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I think, um, you know, it was tough. The, the Stingers' offense uh, couldn't seem to really get anything going. Uh, it was tough for them to put up a, a good drive, you know, get consecutive plays. Um, they were sort of um, consistent at running the football, um, but, you know, not for many yards. Uh, Laval's D-line played a heck of a game, um, and that's why they, you know, shut them out to two points. It was uh, not a bad effort by Concordia, but Laval's a really good team, so uh, what are you going to do? They look back good to uh, bounce back in two weeks. What, what do you mean no momentum? Adam Vance completely five passes <laughs> that, that's not many passes not it's many <laughs> unfortunately 17 attempts five completions two picks he did get sacked three times though so that pressure was on that d-line that d-line was going yeah. uh, for laval so they're they're massive uh-huh. and uh so you said they tried for the running game did was there anything good coming out of that running game I mean, there there was a few good things. I mean, uh, we said, you know, uh, Micah Sullivan had uh, 17 rushes for uh, 92 yards, which is 5.4 yards uh, per carry. So it's a pretty good average. You know, that gets it done. Um, it's just uh, what really hurt them was getting them on second and long. Uh, first and 10, they would often run the football, uh, gain a few yards, and it would set the QB up for second and eight, second and seven, which is tough in this league considering there's only uh, three downs. Um, but um, I'd say the, the rushing effort of Concordia was probably the best thing that happened to them even though it was sort of held in check for the most part so you're, you're talking about that second second and long concordia had uh nine passes and three runs so mm-hmm. that that's the only stat that that's all it says on the sk- stat sheet i thought it would say uh, more but um this is what uh stingers running back uh david germay had to say about the game uh, I mean, we came out strong. We had a good first quarter. Second quarter was good too. Uh, at halftime, we knew what we had to adjust, and we were we were confident coming back out. And I think it's just uh, some guys had uh, had trouble getting momentum back in the second half. And uh, I don't know, man. Uh, we have to get going on both sides of the ball. Even on special teams, we have to keep it going for 60 minutes. It's what we haven't done all year is play 60 minutes. David Germain said, "Yeah, they have to play 60." What what was their what was their downfall ultimately in the game? Um. It was tough because, you know, after the first quarter, it was 9 nothing, which is pretty respectable uh, for playing a team like Laval. Uh, I just think it was the, the toughest part for them was just sustaining a drive, really. Uh, I know giving up 53 points doesn't look good on the Stingers' defense, but honestly, for the most part, I feel like the Stingers' D had a pretty good game. Um, it's tough. You know, it's tough to, uh, to keep uh, playing defense the whole game when you're on like 60% of the time. Uh, the offense really couldn't get anything going. Um, I just I'd say that it was there wasn't much complimentary football involved, um, and you know, just the lack of first downs for Concordia is really what killed them. Mm-hmm. And those first downs, Concordia only had 10, Laval had 32. Uh, Laval ran, I believe, 68 offensive plays. Concordia only ran 49. Uh, Laval score- had 438 uh, total offensive yards. Concordia only had 118. It's just nothing mm-hmm. clicked for the Stingers, it looked like, and just consistently on offense, they just were not able to kind of pierce that defense. So, Will, the Stingers have now allowed uh, 129 points, so yeah, 74 and 53. Okay. Did I do my math right, 127? The season? Yeah, uh, past two games. Oh, past two games. Yeah. 74 and 53 is one, I can't do one, math, one, but one po- I'll, nah, I'll take your word for that. I, that's why I write and do radio. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read either. Uh, it's <laughs> so, 127 <laughs> points allowed in the uh, past two games. Will, obviously, you're the football guy here. You've played yeah. football. Mm. How, do you, how do you adjust 
to knowing that you just got blown up the last two games at home on top of it. Yeah, I think it's tough, especially you hit it at home. Uh, what, what makes it even more difficult? You know, I think it's basically uh, getting down to uh, the coaching. I think they have a good, a well-coached team. Uh, I just think that, you know, you sort of got to have a few uh, pep, pep talks here and there before and after the game uh, and just sort of get your guys motivated. You know, they're uh, they're a good football team. Uh, it's not like they don't have skill. They definitely do have skill. Um, but uh, I just felt like they weren't motivated uh, much throughout this game. I really don't think it's they don't have skilled athletes because they do. Um, I just think it's, it's a matter of that and a matter of, you know, maybe calling up different plays, switching it up, blitzing, uh, playing zone, uh, just switching up things so it, it confuses the offense, really. So this next question, Matt, I mean, if you want to answer too. So Laval's 5-0, and 179 uh, points scored, 26 points against. Uh, they're obviously on top of the RSQ. What makes them such a good football team this season? <laughs> Just everything, man. Like, uh, I, I obviously I couldn't stay at the game as, as long as Will did, but you know I watched about the first half and they just click and yeah. they're not you know they're not making spectacular plays out there, but consistently they're getting first downs. Mm -hmm. Their defense are making stops. They're pinning other teams deep in their end, and they're just able to kind of get it done on all uh, cylinders. And it's not a matter of you know one guy's carrying that team. Like even this past game, I believe. Uh, quarterback Hugo Richard for Laval you know he had a great he had a good game 213 yards two TDs mm -hmm. uh, but you know when you kind of look at the other QBs in U sports that's not that spectacular yeah. but it's just consistency and it's just a matter of the whole team kind of working together and, and making plays together and you know I'm, I'm just looking at the the stats of the RSEC online they don't have the leading rusher they don't have the leading receiver uh, Hugo Rochard is the leading passer in the RSQ, but uh, Christopher uh, Asamoah, he's the f uh, fourth leading rusher in the league. And meanwhile, uh, receptions per game, um, Jonathan Breton Robert is tied with Reggie Sibasu. He's so, good. So they ha they have no stars. I mean, what made them work uh, against the Stingers? I just think, like you said, they don't really have that uh, that main guy, you know, that that superstar. But they're just a very well-rounded team. You know, I think that uh, you know in sports we say one guy can't carry the team, and I think that that's the case with this team. You know, they have a bunch of uh, solid all-around guys on both sides of the ball, defensive line, uh, the running back position, the QB. Um, so it's just about having a, a good all-around team, and that's exactly what these guys have. Uh, they play well together. They feed off each other. Offense feeds off the defense, and vice versa. Uh, and you can tell they're having fun out there, and they're just. Uh, they're battling for each other. I think that's what makes them a good team. So this is also what uh, David Germain had to say after the game. I mean, now we have the bye week, so we're going to take care of our bodies, recover. We have Montreal again uh, in two weeks at their house. It's a tough place to play. And I mean, just uh, work hard, get our bodies right, and uh, not let this happen again. Just play a whole 60 minutes. If we play 60 minutes, we can play with anyone in the league. So let's just play 60 minutes. That's it. So there were some technical difficulties difficulties there um so now the stingers they just played uh montreal last week at home they just played laval this week at home they get the bye week and then they they're back against montreal last week so they had it they they went into the stretch of games uh with a two and one record mm -hmm. and now they're down to three and two and likely they're going to be two and four after their game against montreal yeah how how do you think that that affects them mentally where they have to play three games against the two top teams uh in a row I, I think I think that's tough, uh, especially because they're playing a nice game at Montreal. Um, you know, I think you just got to go with the, the old cliche, think one game at a time. You know, the uh, five first games that happened, you know, they, they lost three of them. They sort of got to, you know, watch uh, film tape, I guess. But at this point, they throw it out the window. The game is over. Um, learn from your mistakes and just got to keep it uh, the mindset of one game at a time now. Uh, it's going to be tough to play to play Montreal. Um, but uh, but that, those games are over with now. And uh, like he said, they play a full 60 minutes. They can be anyone in this league so they just have to have that mindset yeah, and it's tough when you have two of the top five teams in the country in your division you got to play them both twice yeah it, it, <laughs> it, it's an impossible task to ask and i'm just pulling up the top 10 for the uh for you sports here in laval at number two montreal at number three you have essentially two of the best teams in the country and you have to play them you know essentially half your season is against them. So it, <laughs> yeah. it's tough mentally for a team to have to go up against two teams like that who are so dominant and have been so dominant for so long. And we saw kind of last year that uh, the Stingers pulled a little closer towards them in terms of competition, but this year it just looks a little bit like a, 
a step back towards the usual. Well, you, you know what? After after last week, after the beating that they got by the, by the Kedame, it kind of made not, I wouldn't say national uh, news, but uh, at least in Quebec, it was kind of a, a, let's say, bigger story. People on Twitter are actually talking about it, 74-3. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people are saying how it's 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 a dichotomy, the RSQ, and it's every year Montreal and Laval. Uh, I mean, Matt, you would know this a bit more. You know, obviously, the OUA a bit more. Do you think there should be some sort of uh, conference realignment to have uh, Laval and Montreal play the stronger teams and Montreal, Sherbrooke, and McGill to play some of the weaker teams? It's, I want to say yes because I'm all for more competition, but when you just look at it geographically, you, you don't want to send teams across provinces. like, And you have to remember these are student-athletes too, so they have classes and whatnot. They have to be prepped and study throughout the week too. So if you're yeah. sending them across province you're spending more money sending them there they can be more tired uh they're probably you know it's more difficult for them to succeed in that situation so as much as i want more competition in youth sports especially out east it's difficult when uh you just have two teams who have been so strong historically and you know when you're strong historically you just keep getting stronger and you keep recruiting players and you just kind of build those dynasties (sighs) It's tough. It's a tough one for the other three teams in this division when you have to play those guys. So, Will, quickly, uh, before we have to cut the break, do you, do you see the Singers beating Montreal in two weeks? Um, honestly, no. <laughs> um, Tell us I, how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, in order to have a chance, they need to get uh, Jared Taylor the ball more. Uh, I know this game he didn't have any catches. We all know what a good I think player he had one. He is. Just maybe just, okay. just one, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So he was held to one catch, um, and uh, and yeah, he, you know he's a superstar. He's basically the offensive leader of this team. Uh, we've seen the the numbers that he's put up. So I think it's about getting him the ball more, and they have a chance. Anyways, you're listening to CGL Sports with Matthew Coyd and Nicholas DiGiovanni. On the other side of the break, some NHL season preview. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Right now. NHL season starts on Wednesday. I'm so pumped about it. I love hockey. Me too. And I think this is going to be one of the more interesting seasons we've seen in the past couple of years. It's tough to top last year with Vegas, but I think there's a couple storylines we might be seeing this year. I think so too. I mean, San Jose, Toronto. Uh, some the s- dynasty new, on the back end there. New stars. Jose for one year. before so, they Some new stars on either side. Uh, Montreal Canadiens named Shea Weber captain today. I like the choice. I don't know. Do you? Yeah, choice is it's fine. Good. I, I was it's talking spectacular. to like it's just it's makes a, sense. It's a safe choice. Safe it's choice. A safe choice. I was talking to uh, one of my friends uh, last week about who they should name captain. I said it should be Gallagher because he wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, he, he's the one who puts it out on the line. Then he said it should be Shea Weber because um, he's not the type of player that's going to let him uh, let let things affect him. That's true. And, I was just going to say that. Like uh, in this city, that captaincy means pressure. And you saw with Max Pacioretty, fans already rip on Shea Weber. They will continue ripping on Shea Weber. And he's just going to stand there stone cold face, you know. So I, I like the choice. Yeah, I, I like it too. But also Shea Weber making $12 million a year does not care what you think about him. This dude's wearing the C. He's missing half the year. He's collecting paychecks. This dude is out here just making cash, living his best life. Yeah. He's probably not even being in Montreal until like December. He's probably sitting in his cabin in BC. Well, he was in, he was in Montreal today, uh, with flying for, back at least for the press too. conference. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll quickly go division to, to division. Our NHL season preview. This is recorded. So after the show, I'm going to listen back to this. Write it down. Put it in an Excel spreadsheet, save it on my computer, save it in Google Docs, save it on my USB. So this is this is going to be with us until April. We should Matt. have uh, some sort of prize for whoever gets the most right. Um, How about like a couple uh, NDG hot dog dinner? Real name dropping there. Real name dropping. Yeah, yeah. Got to represent. Two, three hot dogs and a fryer puts in. Definitely puts in. Okay. Two hot dogs, two, two and, a hot dogs and a puts in. And a drink? Uh, I don't drink. I've never drinking uh, liquid in my life. Okay, well, do osmosis then. I don't know how you're going to do that. We just shook hands on this. This is 
in stone up here. In studio. In studio. Okay, so let's start with the Metropolitan Division. So I'm going through the last year's standings. Washington, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Columbus, New Jersey, Carolina, New York, Islanders, New York Rangers. Wait, first of all, how are you going to de- determine who has who's the most right? Well, you're going to listen to this, and we're going to give our probably... Well, let's do top three. Yeah. Like who's going to finish the top and who's going to finish last. Okay. And we'll go through that. Okay, so top three and the last. Yeah. And whoever has the most right. Yeah. Okay, that's exactly. Fair. Okay. So, you want to start with the Metropolitan? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't see much changing here. Um, I don't think Columbus got any better. I think New Jersey is going to regress uh, this year, even if Taylor Hall has another MVP season. I don't see the Rangers finishing last. Uh I think my top three, I'm going to go Washington, Pittsburgh, and Philly again. Makes sense. All three teams are still strong, but all three teams uh, had good seasons last year. In last place, I might have to go uh, with New Jersey. Wow. I think New Jersey's going to finish last. Wow. Metro. And they, they made the playoffs last year. They did, but but also that was like a magical season. Can, like Keith Kincaid like carried them. Like I thought happened <laughs> Well, they twice. have Corey Schneider. Okay, well, Corey Schneider <laughs> had two like not great seasons back-to-back, so I don't see him... If he can go back to four, maybe, but right now I have them finishing last in the Metro. So I'm going to go a bit different from you. So I I will... I'm going to say New Jersey actually finishes first. <laughs> so complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's dying out I here. I can taste those hot dogs already. <laughs> this is what makes good radio. Opposite opinions. Um... Washington is going to finish last because it's no. no okay, not, I take that back. I take that back. They're going to finish third. That's a hot take. They're going to finish third. That's they're going to have take. a bit of an off year coming off their Stanley Cup championship. Ovechkin said, "We're all still we're, drunk. We're, we're all not still drinking not, out of fountains yeah, and stuff. We're not going to suck this year. Um, not suck. Okay, back to back. so so I said New Jersey first, Washington third. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh second. I think that's a safe pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Islander Islanders last. That's I say, true. I say uh, Islanders last. Yeah, that was a tough one for me too. I had to decide between honestly New York and New Jersey, but yeah, one of those yeah. Uh, New York area teams. Exactly. Um, okay, so I'll start with the Atlantic now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say Toronto finishes first. Um, I was like, do you want to go through what happened last year? Like who finished where? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So sorry, sorry it was- first place last year: Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto in third, Florida, Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa, and Buffalo in last place. So, like I said, Toronto finishes first. I mean, John Tavares, Austin Matthews, but no Mitch Marner. No defense, but this is it. regular season. If you're popping seven a game, you don't yeah, need You don't defense. need it in the regular season. They're going to get swept in the playoffs. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Toronto first, Tampa second. I think that safe picks. You know what? I'm actually going to go Toronto first, Boston second, Tampa third, Ottawa last. It's tough to disagree with you there. I'm going to go Tampa first, Toronto second, Boston third. And then I got to go Ottawa last two. Oh, yeah. If they get 60 points this year, I'll be shocked. If they get a win. If they get a win. If they accidentally <laughs> make it to OT, I'll be shocked. <laughs> this team it. does not look good. Okay. They're going to win the Stanley Cup now, now that I've said that. <laughs> They're going to win the Cup. With uh, with an angry Mark Stone, Zach Smith, and Matt Duchesne. <laughs> Matt Duchesne does not want to be there. N- I wouldn't want to be there either. No one wants to be there. It's Ottawa. Not even the not even the citizens of Ottawa want to be there. Ask <laughs> Ben. <laughs> um uh central division so the only division left with uh seven teams mm-hmm. so there's last last season nashville winnipeg minnesota colorado they made the playoffs and st louis dallas and chicago knocked out this used to be the strongest division I, in I, hockey I, I i still think it is it, it's definitely up there but i don't think it's the strongest anymore that has to go to pacific actually yeah, it does so do you want to do you want to start us off you take this one okay so top three nashville and winnipeg you know Put them one two, put them two one. Those those are the top two teams in that division, and I think almost the league. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go St. Louis. I think St. Louis made some nice moves this year. I like the addition of Ryan O'Reilly. Well, yes, um, their center depth is gonna be insane this year. In last place, I keep wanting to put Minnesota in last place. Minnesota has disappointed me so many times. <laughs> they are such a boring team. They're they're good to watch. They're all. They're good to watch what? at home in the playoffs. That's oh, it because they have good fans. And then they get swept, and that's it. Yeah. So I'm gonna put, <laughs> I'm gonna put Minnesota in uh, last place. In last place. I think Chicago was a close second, but uh, not quite yeah. there. I'm gonna go with Winnipeg first, Nashville second, and Colorado third. I really like Colorado. Colorado, they're just I like watching them play because they're amazing uniforms that they they got last year. The that's vintage true. early 2000s when they first 
moved to Colorado. They're mm-hmm. a fun team to watch too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Landis Scog and McKinnon are just unstoppable. And then, so I said, I said Winnipeg, Nashville, Colorado. And then last, I'm actually going to go with Dallas. Dallas, Dallas, really? They they have a lot of scoring, but it's like top six scoring. They don't have good depth, and their defense just isn't good enough. They got Klingberg they got, on the back end. Have, he's he's yeah, good. Yeah, Klingberg, Stevens, just they're just not. And good And they'll enough. have Mark Mathot back too. Yeah. So, but and, and I don't know. They just you just don't feel it. They don't convince me enough. I think for Dallas to have any chance, Ben Bishop's really going to have to step up and yeah. kind of bring he, back his Tampa days. Yeah, exactly. He's exactly. really going to have to come back strong. 2015 Tampa exactly. days. Uh, exactly. Pacific. Now, I'd, we'd have to say this is the best division in hockey. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Uh, last year, Vegas, Anaheim, San Jose, LA, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Arizona. Um, you Actually, take this one? I'm going I'm to take that back. I don't think the Pacific is the best division in hockey. I'm going to give that to... Uh, I'm going to give that to the uh, Atlantic now. To the Atlantic? Yeah, I think so. With Montreal, Ottawa, and Buffalo? And Detroit? (laughs) You got John Tavares and Austin Matthews on the Uh, same team. That's enough (laughs) for me. I think that's enough for me. Uh, Maybe. 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 Agree to disagree. If it's not going to be the Pacific, it has to be the Central. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair enough. It has to be the Central. Um, My top three teams in the Pacific this uh, upcoming year. I like uh, San Jose. It's tough not to. You added Eric Carlson to an already... Team that's already playoff already. Can you please control your computer? I'm trying to make predictions. Here. That started. I'm on trying its to own. win. I'm trying to win some hot dogs here. That started You're on its own, me. folks. <laughs> <laughs> There's some ghosts up in the studio. Yeah, it, 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 there are. <laughs> so I got uh, San Jose finishing first. I like LA. I think they're slow as hell, but uh, <laughs> Kovalchuk's nasty. He's gonna tuck thirty. So I got LA in second. I got Vegas in third. Last place, I gotta give it to Vancouver. Yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna doing it. They, you know, well, they have seventy three points last year. I doubt they get that many this year. That's uh, that's a bold move. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't do anything to improve. They had a Jay Beagle. What do you mean they didn't do anything? And uh, Antoine Grusel. Stars, stars, stars man. Paying him twelve mil. <laughs> Imagine that. Who would have guessed? Yeah, Not seriously, me. I would have never guessed that. So. For me, in the Pacific, uh, I doubted Vegas. Uh, I mean, most people doubted Vegas at the beginning of last year, but mm-hmm. watched them in the playoffs last year. They're so fun to watch. They added Patretti and uh, Stasny. Stasny. Uh, I say they win the division again. Um, San Jose, a close, very close second. I uh, can't wait to watch Vegas and San Jose battle it out this mm-hmm. year. That's going to be a good, good six hockey games. or how, how, Probably the start of a rivalry, honestly, yeah, at this point. Yeah. Ge- geographically and just they're in the division together mm-hmm. and then for my third team i don't want to go with anaheim i don't want to go with la when, I, anaheim's not gonna have Corey perry though that's gonna be a real blow to their third line <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> um anaheim i i i in my in my heart this is not their year and then i want to go with calgary i want to go with calgary third uh, yeah I want to say Calgary too, but, but every like, year they like a fighting third, not a, a comfortable third. third. Yeah, definitely, it's gonna be a struggle. Like they're for them. gonna finish with like ninety nine points, and uh, like either Anaheim or LA is gonna finish with like ninety seven points. Right. Let's put it that way. I and that. last place, I don't want to go for Arizona because they actually improved a bit. Um, and Edmonton, eh, I'm gonna go with Vancouver too. Vancouver. Okay, we had a pretty similar all the way through. I think except for the. Uh, Metro. Metropol- I think that was the yeah. only one where or, we were. Or sometimes like the first and second. Exactly. So, saying it right now, to get a correct predi- prediction, it has to be the... So, you predicted, let's say in the uh, Central, you said Nashville w- would finish first. To get that correct, Nashville has to finish first. Yeah. And I For said sure. Winnipeg. So, yeah. that's a considered a correct predi- prediction. That's a point. Exactly. So, whoever has the most points... I'm invested in this. Yeah. Do you want to go through trophies? I was going to. We have about a minute left before we're going to cut the break, and then we're going to have Alex Cole on. Uh, quickly, quickly, Stanley Cup. Quickly. Stanley Cup prediction Stanley right Cup, now. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets. Hart Trophy. Hart Trophy. I'm going McDavid. Kucherov. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Vezina. Like Vezina. Uh, Anti-Ranta. 45 wins. <laughs> Anti-Ranta. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, yes, I like that one. I like that one. Is there any more? Norris. Let's go with Norris. Norris? Oh, man. Hedman. Hedman? Yeah. Okay. So you're taking from my Stanley Cup pick, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with um, Roman Yossi, National Roman Predators. Yossi. That's a sexy pick. Yeah, I had a, I had a PK Subban. Uh-huh. Well, so, yeah, we'll be cutting to break. Uh, 
Alex Cole, commentator for the uh, Concordia Singers. But coming in, former CGL sports host to talk about the Concordia Singers men's hockey team who start their season uh, Thursday night. You're listening to CGL Sports with Matthew Coyd and Nicholas DiGiovanni. Trend Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. with yours truly, Crystal Christine and Camille. We'll be giving you the hottest and the latest stories right here on CJLO 6090, and so make sure to keep it locked. Usted está escuchando a CJLO, la radio de Concordia. La radio del sexo. No, no hay sexo. Solo radio. Sí, sexo. Sexo, sexo, sí. Sexo, sexo, sí. Welcome back to CJL Sports on CJL 690 with Matthew Coit. I am Nicholas DiGiovanni. We have Alex Cole, commentator for the Concordia Singers, on the line with us. Alex, how's it going? Oh, I hung up on him. <laughs> I hung up on him. He's calling back, guys. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this guy, this guy. We ask you to come on, he hangs up on you. That's brutal. Now do we hear you? That's brutal. Yeah, can you hear me? Now we can hear you. Just have to hear uh, when you hung up. It's because I was supposed to put him on speakerphone and then hang up. I just I just put that phone off. <laughs> wow. Are we, on, are we on the air right now? Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is horrible radio already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a real off day, Alex. Damn. <laughs> so, Stingers opened their season um, Thursday night in uh, Intuan Hiver against the, the Patriot. Straight off the bat, where do you see them finishing this year? Uh, well, don't they start on Thursday against RMC? Yeah, it is RMC. Nick, RMC. it took me one Google to get here. <laughs> you had one job. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Alex Cole, RMC hey. Thursday night. How do you uh, see Concordia doing against them? I mean, this is kind of this is a slam dunk win. I mean, <laughs> they beat them six three in exhibition on Saturday. Obviously, not their best game, you know, six three. Probably it's just an exhibition game, right? I mean, you know, they're going to come in on Thursday. They're going to go into RMC. They're probably going to sweep that one, easy win, and then they're going to really start their season on Saturday against Carlton. And um, so, I, I mean, I know you haven't been at the games. Uh, this year, and obviously Beauregard Carroza, but is there anyone else that you think could uh, take over uh, the 40-something, uh, 100 and something points from Beauregard and Carroza uh, last year? I mean, if there's anybody who can do it, it's maybe, you know, maybe Hugo Hua. Everyone's been talking about Hugo Hua. He had a pair of goals in a preseason game earlier this season. Uh, you, got, you have a guy like Philip Sanche who's coming into his third year. Um, I mean, obviously, he could be a, a huge uh, part of that offense. Chase Harwell, coming into his first season, uh, will be a good player, a solid player for the Stingers. But it, it's going to be a learning curve for them. Obviously, uh, Marc-Andre Elema, he brings, he's able to bring in a lot of you know, big recruits now that the, the program is doing so well in, in the standings. And you know, going to Nationals last year, he's able to attract more talent. So, obviously, losing Beauregard and Carroza is going to be you know, it, it's going to be a learning curve for the team, but, you know, the team didn't do horrible in preseason. Uh, a 4-2 loss to Ryerson, a 10-7 loss to UQTR, but they won the rest of the games. And, uh, you, you know, I think I think with solid goaltending from Sokut and, and the, de- the defense is still pretty much the same as it was last year, I, I think the team is still going to be, um, they're still going to be a big contender. Mm-hmm. And the team added a, a lot of new players this year. How do you think all these kind of rookies are going to uh, affect the team? Yeah, I mean, well, the good thing is that Philip Houdon is still there to, to be that captain, to be that leader for the team. And obviously, you know, a lot of these guys are, because the guys that they brought in the forwards that are first year are such like high caliber players, you know, they're going to be able to be kind of groomed by Houdon. And, and you still see like guys like, uh, Jean-Philippe Beaulieu, who's a very talented player still with the team, obviously. Um, you know, guys like Charles-Éric Légaré, Julien Réville-Avant, these kind of like third-line, fourth-line guys who are always able to kind of, you know, they play a very good checking style, they forecheck, they, they're able to get points. I think those guys who are veterans with the team are, are, are really going to take those first-year guys under their wing and just show them the ropes. And, and, you know, it might take four or five games for them to get into it, but 
you know, I, I think we're going to see, you know, that was the thing with the Stingers last year. They still had, like, a lot of rookies, and they were still one of the highest-scoring teams in the division. And, and I don't see that uh, stopping now. You know, two years ago, the team lost uh, their top score. This year, they lose another top score. Do you think the team has enough offensive firepower to kind of uh, make up for that? I mean, you know what? I think so. I, just look at their preseason, you know, for a four-goal win against UQTR, a 10-7 loss. I mean, they lost 10-7, but they... You don't need scored. defense. You don't need defense. I mean, they still scored seven goals. <laughs> exactly. Right? Ryerson, they lost 4-2, to two, and then beating RMC 6-3. I think that those results kind of show that, you know, and Ryerson's always been one of those amazing defensive teams in the OUA West. So I, I think if you look at those four preseason results where they're not playing all of their roster guys, they're not, you know, going full tilt, I think those results are kind of, they're kind of showing that this team can score goals. I think the real test will be Carlton on Saturday, the home opener. Uh, you know, Carlton's a team that's given them problems in the past. They did win a couple games against them last season. If they can pull off a win against Carlton, score maybe four or five goals, I think that'll be a good indicator of what this team has uh, has in the tank moving forward. So uh, last year when the Stingers played um, Carlton, I'm just going to pull up those Oh, uh, that game. Stats. Yeah. You, you know which game I'm talking about. Oh, I am. You know which game I'm talking about. I, yeah. You know what? I, I forgot if it was against Ottawa or Carlton, but it was against Carlton, yeah. the physical one, right? Right. Absolutely. So, um, you don't got knocked out in that. Do you think there's going to be a bit uh, a bit of revenge for that? You know what? I think I think that's going to be a little bit overstated. I think, you know what? A lot of There's a lot of rookies on the team that were not there for that situation, and I don't think... In a second game of the season where you have a whole ton of rookies, you're trying to make an impression, they're trying to play their own game, I don't think the veterans on that team are going to want to bring that situation into a very fresh-faced locker room. And I think they're just going to play their own style of hockey and just let the pass be the pass and, and just beat them, on, beat them on the scoreboard, not try to like beat them down physically. Um, because if you start, you know, if you're the Stingers and you start trying to like go headhunting, because of the situation that happened last year, you're going to end up losing the game. Carlton's too fast. They have too much firepower. They're too smart of a hockey team to, to you know, let that kind of play get to them. Mm-hmm. And last year, Concordia finished with 39 points, third in their division. Do you see Concordia moving up those rankings a little bit this year, or do you think it's going to kind of stagnate? I mean, if I look at the if I look at the teams in the division, you got to realize that with the way the OUA East is now, Concordia has to play McGill four times. Ottawa four times, Carlton four times, and I believe Queens four times. Um, obviously, that's a huge. Um, I mean, that's a huge test for them. Yeah, I, I believe it's uh, Queens four times, mm-hmm. and um, you know, for them, it, it's it's going to be hard. Uh, I I honestly think that you know maybe we might see. Um, UQTR. Actually, no, it's not Queens that they play four times. It's UQTR they play four times. I think UQTR is going to be very good this season, and I think Concordia always has problems with them on the defensive side. I think you're going to see McGill, Ottawa, no, McGill, Queens, and UQTR as the top three teams in the division this year, and and Concordia is going to be fighting with, um, they're going to be fighting with Carlton and Ottawa for the fourth, fifth, and sixth spot. So, um, McGill, obviously, big playoff series against them uh, last year. How uh, how tough will those those four games uh, be against the, the rivals? You know, I, I think it's going to be very tough because, like we said, you know, Beauregard's not there anymore, and they're going to have to look from from for offense from other uh, from other sources. And you know, if those guys aren't ready to bring it, um, it's gonna it's gonna be a very tough test. Um, luckily for them, their first game against McGill will only come about November 9th, and that game's at McGill. So as opposed to last season where the first game of the season was at McGill, they're going to have to wait about a month into the season to play them. One thing interesting to note, though, is that the Stinger schedule, they get a bunch of OUA West teams to start the season. They get a rematch against York, who they played for the third place in the Queens Cup last year, Ryerson, Western, Toronto, um, they're going to go on a huge road trip to start the se- to start the season uh, in in later October. So, I think you know, again, when it comes to those rivalry games, you know, they play Carlton and UQTR kind of off the bat. 
but it, it, it'll get easier as the season goes on. I think. I think by the middle of the season, you'll see the guys kind of get into it a little bit more. It, it, it's really interesting because the team is so like we're familiar with this team, but we're also not familiar with this team because it's it's really half veterans, half rookies. So it, it, we're really going to have to wait until the first game to really see how this team is going to stack up against teams like McGill, UQTR, Ottawa, et cetera. And Alex, I want to ask you a question here about what's more likely, that the Stingers repeat and don't give up a single empty net goal or that they finish first in the division? <laughs> what? They didn't give up a single empty net goal last year, according oh, I, to the U Sports I think, website. Um, I, you know what? I, I would say that's more likely than them finishing first. Absolutely. <laughs> but the um, uh, U Sports website might not be the most accurate. They don't. I don't know, Alex. Do you know if they track uh, empty net goals? I don't believe they do. Well, they might. Perfect. But, <laughs> but yeah, well, I I don't. Th- you know what? I mean, Matt's kind of right because the Stingers like. They never really pulled their goalie last year. Like from from the games that me and that I was doing with the webcast, I mean, they rarely had to pull their goalie because they were either winning by three goals, or if they were losing, it was by two, and there was like no point. Oh, never so, mind. I'm, I'm a pigeon. I'm a pigeon. The AUS, the only league that tracks empty net goals. I'm looking at it right now. That's horrible. It's my bad. So, oh, uh, how many empty net goals did they give up? <laughs> uh, the oh. worst one was Dal. Give up seven. Concordia. Concordia is going to give up. Uh, one, one, one to four. One to four? I like that. All against Miguel. All against Miguel. Yeah, all Same in, game. Exactly. Every single <laughs> game against Miguel. <laughs> and um, so you don't you don't see them winning the division. Where do you see them finishing? Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be them, Ottawa, and Carlton battling for spots four through five, and then Miguel, Queens, and UQTR will take the top three. So Queens lost um, their goalie, Kevin Bailey, uh, he, yes. he graduated and obviously he was a star goalie at Queens. How, how do you see them adjusting? Uh, you know what? I think a big part of them adjusting is just continuing what they're doing on offense. One of the reasons why Queens is such a good team is, yeah, sure, they rely on their goalie at times, but you know they rely on their goalie in the playoffs when the games start to get a little bit tighter. But they have a very solid defense and a very solid offense that can kind of carry them when when. Bailey's having an off night. I mean, we saw that a couple times last season where, in the regular season, rather, when the Stingers, you know, caught Kevin Bailey on an off night, but Queens was still able to stay in the game. Uh, So I think that'll help them. It'll definitely be a blow, but I I feel like Queens, you know, they're they're just such a a powerhouse at times that uh, they'll be able to keep that top three, especially if they win those games against. And actually, you know what? The reason why I'll say Queens is, has pretty much the easiest path to the top three in the division is because look at their schedule. They play Laurentian four times, UOIT four times, Nipissing four times, and RMC four times. That's much easier than what the Concordia Stingers have, having to play McGill, Carlton, Ottawa, and UQTR a bunch of times, right? I mean, 16 games of Queens' season are almost guaranteed wins. That's a beautiful place to be if you're Queens regardless of if you have Kevin Bailey or not. You kind of mentioned UQTR there. Do you think, uh, you know, after they lost all those points last year due to an ineligible player, I believe, do you think they're able to bounce back and kind of join the top of that division again? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, having the ineligible player, what was interesting about that was the ineligible player really didn't have much of an impact on their season at all. It was just a complete managerial oversight on their part. And if they had actually stayed... Uh, you know, if they had stayed in the standings that season, I think they may have actually have gotten that third place over Concordia. And who knows what the I think playoffs so. would have looked like if they had made the playoffs that year, right? Um, you know, UQTR was d- dominating Concordia in the games they played. Concordia might not even have gotten to, um, you know, the OUAE's final, let alone the Nationals, if it weren't for what, UQ- what happened to UQTR last season. So I think they'll just, you know, pick up from where they were last season and probably get that top three spot. Um, one last question. So on the other side of, of the OUA on the OUA West, uh, your clients. So last year the Humboldt bus crash, well, former player Mark Cross passed away. So this year, uh, Caleb Dahlgren is 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 playing for them. Do you think there's gonna they're gonna be inspired to do uh, anything anything special on that on that West side? I know they finished fourth last year. Well, you know what? The, the West is an interesting division because it always seems to break through wide open once the playoffs happen. Um, you look last year, 
Ryerson's obviously one of those teams that's always at the top. Guelph was at the top for much of last season. And because there's a lot of parity in that division, any team, teams will go on runs through the regular season and they'll end up winning the division. But come playoff time, somebody else will go on a run. And, and that's pretty much happened with York last year. Um, you know, it, I, I remember two years ago, I think it was uh, either, I think it was Windsor that came out of nowhere and ended up beating Ryerson, like an eight seed, beating a one seed uh, type situation. Honestly, York, they'll probably be top four. They'll probably finish top four in the division. They'll go far in their playoffs like they usually do. Um, but I honestly, it, honestly, the West, the West division is kind of up in the air. It, it, it's really impossible to predict at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, thanks for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, boys. And hey, uh, thanks for not having me talk about that awful football performance from Saturday. Oh, we, are, we already <laughs> talked about it, don't we? We won't uh, subject you to that. Jeez. <laughs> have a good day man see you Colsey yeah so uh, we're going to cut the break right now on the flip side we're going to be talking some NFL end zone again sliding catch in the end zone for the touchdown by AJ Green play action looking for a wide open receiver and it's a touchdown for Trey Burton Packers with a nickel look Allen downfield Intercepted by Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Breeze gives it to Kamara. He's got a huge opening. And he's able to get past the secondary and take off for his third touchdown of the game. He just left. He said goodbye. I'm going back to New Orleans. See you next week. Mariota Rush. Open. Catch made. The Titans are going to win in overtime. Welcome back to CGL Sports with uh, Matthew Coyne and William Power. Uh, back with us to talk some NFL. I'm Nicholas Giovanni. So here there, Andy Dalton uh, with that crazy late game uh, comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. Mitch Trubisky, six touchdowns against the Bucks. Josh Allen and the Bills shut out by the Packers. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, three touchdowns against the Giants. And Corey Davis, his first career grab is an overtime winner against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Will, you're you're our football guy here. Yeah. Uh what did you see? What was what were some of your standouts from uh week 4 in the NFL? I know it's not done yet, but at yeah. least from Sunday. For sure. I think there was uh, a few impressive uh, plays made, a few impressive uh, stats um, for, by, by particular players. I have to say, uh, good on Andy Dalton. You know, he takes a lot of criticism, uh, you know, for not uh, for not winning a playoff game. Cincinnati Bengals have been sort of a laughing stock, I guess you can say, the last few years. Um, and yeah, they came into this game. They were uh, they were down by five. Uh, they converted twice on fourth down. Um, they hit Tyler Boyd. I think it was a fourth and ten and a fourth and five. And uh, Andy Dalton just stayed calm and uh, yeah with five seconds left he found uh, AJ Green in the back of the end zone so I thought that was a really impressive win it's not easy to go into Atlanta and win in the dome so uh, good on the Bengals for winning that game so now the Falcons are, are one and three mm. Super Bowl is in Atlanta this year do you see them playing that game definitely not no no <laughs> not, it's not happening no. it's not happening it's not I'm I, you know what I was telling Will before I'm pretty happy about that because as a Saints fan um that I mean, that's good for the Saints whenever someone else in the division loses. And uh, another team in the the NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They started off real well, two and zero. Ryan Fitzmagic came out with his his button shirt, his chains. <laughs> Do you think that that brought him bad luck? And now Jameis Winston's going to be a starter for Week Five. You know, I think it's uh, it's tough, you know, because he uh, he obviously started off really well in those first two games, two and zero. Really had a good connection with Deshaun Jackson. Um, I think it's just I feel like it was a lot of people expected to be a matter of time before he came back to reality. Um, and you know, there's a re- reason Ryan Fitzpatrick has been on on so many teams, uh, just because he's not a he's not really a franchise QB. So I can see that I'm not super surprised to see Jameis Winston getting the start for Week Five. Um, but uh, it's tough for uh, the. Buccaneers right now mm-hmm. you know what's not tough for the Bears <laughs> Mitch Trubisky six TDs that's unbelievable five in the first half I think that's an, is that yeah. an NFL record I don't know what an NFL would you know I, I think I saw this morning on, on Good Morning Football that I watched on NFL Network. I think it was like the most touchdowns uh, thrown in a game for someone his age. Yeah, it was something, it was like, something that. like that. He was ridiculous. How old is he? 
Is he, I think he's like 22, 23, because he only played one year at North Carolina in college football. Ugh. So. I'm going to be 22 in a few weeks. And you have, you Mitch Trubisky's my age. you've never thrown six TDs in a game. I can't throw six passes not in my in, lifetime. Not even in Madden. <laughs> <laughs> can't pull it together. I've, I've had six, TD, six TDs thrown against me in Madden. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, with my with my friend Adriano, uh, one time we were playing Madden 06, and he beat me 81 to six. And brutal. <laughs> that, you gotta play. Do you want to put money on our game? <laughs> Madden, I suck at Madden. I'll play you at FIFA. God, I'll uh, beat you in FIFA too. <laughs> no, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't won't. even matter. Put on a game. I'll play blindfolded. You know who's having an easy time in the NFL right now? The LA Rams. Yeah. I was about to say the St. Louis Rams, but they're in LA now. Yeah. You're gonna make St. Louis cry. <laughs> they they lost a real good team. I mean, they weren't that good of a team when they went to LA, and then they obviously drafted Jared Goff. Just how good is is Goff? Very good. Um, I think he is as good as advertised. Uh, they put up uh, thirty eight points this week against uh, against the Vikings. We'll have a pretty good defense. Uh, he just looks really good. I know it's uh, it's comforting having a running back like Todd Gurley on your team. But uh, I don't know if you guys watched the game Thursday, but he was making mm-hmm. great throws. Uh, the two throws to Cooper Cup were beautiful. One in the back of the end zone, he was double covered. He just put it at the perfect spot where only Cooper Cup could catch it. Um, and he is just calm. He is young, and it seems like he's been in the NFL for ten plus years now and I think he is uh, one of the better QBs in the league right now. So Robert Woods, Brandon, Cut, uh, Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. Yeah, there you a, go. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Are they the best wide receiver core in the league? Based off last game, it kind of looks like that. Cooper Cup, 162 yards. Cooks, 116. Woods, 101. <laughs> <laughs> Three guys over in, in triple digits. Like, And wow. Jared Goff, 465 yards, five TDs, no picks. Yeah. And this is against a good Minnesota Vikings yeah, defense. And it, it is a good. And they've only they only won by a touchdown. But, you know, <laughs> when it comes down to a team as good as the Vikings, who now back-to-back losses, which is uh, yeah. kind of stressful for them. But you know you had to bring your A game, and Goff did that. And that it looks like an incredible stat line right now. How long do you see them uh, going undefeated? Well, I mean... Uh, I'm not sure of their schedule, um, but I see you know right now they're uh, they're four and zero. I I wouldn't be surprised honestly if uh, the midway point of the season they're eight and zero. They have uh, next week they play the uh, the Seahawks in Seattle, so that's a win. That's yeah. a win. Yeah, for sure. Might as well not even go it onto the field because <laughs> well Earl Thomas won't be there. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that I wouldn't be surprised enough if they go eight and zero. Honestly, I wouldn't. At, wow. At the midway point. Yeah. What, what's their What's the rest of their schedule looking like? When's their bye? I'm pulling it up right now. I'm trying to see. But I'm slow. <laughs> so in after the Seahawks, they play the Broncos, mm. and then that, they take game. on the um, the 49ers. Win. A win. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. a win. <laughs> God. That's a shutout. And then they're gonna take on <laughs> the uh, the Packers. That's a win. That's yeah. gonna be a good game. That's gonna though. be a good game. I think it's gonna be a win though. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a win. And then right after that, they're gonna take on uh, the Saints. That's a win. Sorry, no, Nick. Sorry, no. Nick. Wow, in it's, New Orleans. It's, That's a it's, tough it's one. In Sorry, Nick. It's in New Orleans. It's going to be a win. It's in the Dome. No. Famous Jameis. Let's eat that W <laughs> in New Orleans. That's going to happen. That's uh, that's November 11th at f- on the... No. Sorry, November 4th, the week before. 425. So and, it's not even a primetime game. And then they got to play the Seahawks again right after that. So Another I had, I'm And then they play the Chiefs. With they, you, like. they play the Chiefs in Mexico. So Wow. And then they go on by. So I think the f- their first L is going to be... Outside of the country, let's put it that way. That could be the game. Does that even of the count? Year. That <laughs> even count? If you lose outside the country, doesn't even. Does that <laughs> no, even count? it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so they're still undefeated. <laughs> yeah, true. Undefeated America. That could be yeah. their slogan if that, they lose that game. That uh, November nineteenth is kind of looking like the game of the season, like you just said there. Yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs or Rams? What? Imagine right now if both teams go into that game undefeated and it's played in Mexico. So tonight the Chiefs play the Broncos on yeah. Monday night. It's in Win. Denver. Yeah. It's at the. It's in the Mile High City. Patrick Mahomes. What a beauty. Uh, predictions. Give me your predictions uh, for tonight, Will. For tonight, um, I think it's going to be a closer game than people expect just because uh, Denver always plays good at home. Um, I think the Chiefs will win. Give me the Chiefs in a high-scoring game, 34-28. to 28. I say uh, not much defense in this game. Uh, I think uh, Pat Mahomes throws for at least another three, four touchdowns. Um, I expect the Chiefs to win, but I expect it to go down to the wire because this Broncos team is, uh, is surprisingly good and they're secretly good. Not many people talk about them. Um, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pull up the upset, but uh, give me the safe pick. I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs too. I'm going to say, uh, I don't know, I'll go, I'll go 30 to 20. I think it's going to be a 10-point spread. Mm-hmm. I don't see the Broncos taking this one from the Chiefs. Chiefs are firing. Uh, they're too hot. 
Broncos, I don't think they're elite enough to uh, to take to stop that uh, stop that role. So next week, any big games next week? Next week, let's take a look. You're putting me on my God. So next week, I know that just because I'm a Dolphins fan, I know that my Dolphins play at Cincinnati, um, which is a battle of two surprising three and one teams. You know, I think that's a could be a good game. Um, I mean, without being biased, I'll take the Bengals in that game at home. The Dolphins just look terrible this week. And then we also got the Vikings and Eagles. Is that the week. Sunday nighter? What's the Sunday nighter? I believe it's a Sunday night. Yeah. Okay. Sunday at four twenty. Vikings and Eagles. Yeah. That's NFC uh, championship rematch. rematch. That's a rematch right there. So and both teams suck this year. <laughs> yeah. They can't win. So one of them's going to have to win. No, it's going to finish a tie. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, I forgot about that. In yeah. this 2018 NFL, it's going to finish a tie. It will. The, Looking forward to that, it. That's the real bad thing about the NFL this year. They cut down the overtime to 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's just like teams are just tying. Thank God in the three overtimes yesterday, there were no ties. I really thought the the Browns... Knowing the Browns lock, we're just going to go 1-1-2. One, one, and two. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine they lost uh, tied a second game this year. But you know what? If I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I'm really proud of how they're playing lately. Yeah. They're they're better than the Pittsburgh Steelers, who lost last night yep. in the Sunday Nighter. Mm-hmm. The Bills? Bill, oh, they're rough. It's bad. Rough. It's I'd rather rough. not look. It's like a train crash. 1-3 and three now? Yeah. Yeah. 1-3. Oh, well. That's going to be a rough one. It's be a just, rough season for the Bills. Just like, just like the Habs. Just we've, like the Habs. We forgot to, we forgot to mention it. You know what? Hot take: Habs make the playoffs. Hotter take: They win the Stanley Cup. There we go. That's it. That's it. Spicy hot takes <laughs> on CGL Sports. Election day. Go vote. Uh, that'll do it for us. For William Power and uh, Matthew Coit. I'm Nicholas C. Giovanni.